You are listening to It's Midnight Somewhere with DJs Mistress McCutcheon and The Wasteland. It's midnight somewhere. It's midnight. Hi, this is Mistress McCutcheon, and we are still in lockdown, under quarantine, dealing with COVID as numbers are sort of starting to decline. We're still kind of playing safe and doing what we have to do and going out only for the essentials. At least I've gotten over my FOGO. I'm accompanied by The Wasteland. Who doesn't work doesn't work in lockdown, so I go out every day, and it's a little terrifying. Yeah. Well, Just be again, real for a second. Yeah, I mean, the the number of people who are not wearing masks uh, is, is definitely concerning. Well, that'll change because it was actually voted mandatory indoors and we'll start in a week from today or All tomorrow, that- the 7th. Good. So by the time this airs, it'll be mandatory in indoor public spaces in Toronto. Good. Huzzah. Huzzah, indeed. So while we're still... Dealing with what we're dealing with uh, in the world. And the world is a fucked up, crazy place right now. We've got a heavy one tonight. So park your keister, pour yourself a beverage and have a listen. Because tonight we're talking about problematic artists. So in introducing this topic, I think it's important to probably define what we mean by problematic artists. What are your thoughts on how, how would you give a definition of this? Problematic artists for me, literally, it's it's anyone who has somebody come forward as a victim for me, because and and we'll circle back to this in logic later when we talk about you know where the breakpoints are. But if somebody's going to come forward, or if there's proof of somebody doing something that's of harm to anyone, whether it's in attitude or in stage performance or in um physical harm in the worst cases uh it's it's there comes a point where as uh, i i feel as a dj where you have to make that decision do i want do i want to promote this artist do i want to play this content do i want to give elevate them because anytime we are playing an artist we're we're kind of elevating them we're we're making them seen or heard and and it's you know cyclical agreed as djs we have control over who we will choose not to play because we're not fucking jukeboxes and as not jukeboxes and not taking requests unless you make a really good request but if it's not a good request if it's one of these particular names that we don't want to elevate. We reserve the right not to play these particular artists because we don't want to elevate that attitude or that behavior that causes problems. Yeah. Um, and it's sad that it's... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to own right now whoever... This is not a call-out podcast. These, these, these things are all uh, allegations, but there's a lot of them in some cases. Um, we are not lawyers, uh, and most of these I don't think have gone to court. But it's also because of that, a lot of people will excuse it and sweep it under the rug. And I don't think that's the right answer either. I think it's an individual choice, and depending on... The grievances, it is um, warranted to actually think about it, where you're putting your dollars, where you're putting your support, and where you, what you're putting in your ears. Yeah. I agree. You yeah. vote with your dollars. So why would you support someone who has shitty behavior, who causes harm, whether it's real physical harm or vo- verbal harm because of a certain attitude or action or behavior? These are people I don't want to support. One of the people that comes right off the top of my head as well, uh, especially as someone who is vegan, who's been vegan for a number of years, I've been vegan for 16 years at this point, 
I have a huge problem with playing the Smiths because I will not play Morrissey. I will not support that man's music. I will not support anything to do with that man. And we've totally mentioned fair. And we've mentioned it in the past that, hey, yes, the Smiths were a fantastic band, but if you really enjoy that music, go listen to Johnny Marr. Let's support Johnny Marr. Go listen Marr. to Johnny Marr. Let's, let's separate anything to do with Morrissey. Morrissey himself is, at these days, problematic. And and I think some of the, some of the artists that we're probably going to bring up will fall into a similar category where maybe they got old and went crazy or were just crazy and it came out or... Some of them are physical abusers or alleged physical abusers. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna use that word not because I disbelieve the victims, but because we're putting this out into the public, and I don't want to expose us to legal ramifications. Fair, but I think it's important to notify people and to let them know, hey be aware of this is what you're supporting. When you buy that concert ticket, when you buy that piece of merch, if you buy that album, this is who you're supporting. And I don't believe in alternative culture that there is any room for bigotry, for homophobia, for transphobia, for any sort of racism. Like there's no room for this in alternative culture. So why would you support a musician or an artist who is of those beliefs. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense. It also doesn't track for a, a scene that in two parts, one, we, we started, we started in the punk scene. The punk scene was very anti corporate, anti government, anti everything, but very pro people, pro individual. And, you know, some of our forefathers, to use to use that term, that's being thrown around a lot lately. And foremothers. And foremothers, or four four persons. Let's go that way. Let's Thank be inclusive. You. Are um, you know, uh, women of color? A lot of them are women of color, um, or or people of color. You know, in the you know, you got like bad brains. You got polystyrene. Uh, Alice Bad. Jesus. Yeah, I mean, it's just all of a sudden I blanked. Christ. Uh, (laughs) Fill me in. (laughs) But there's a lot of them out there. I mean, even as we said uh, last time, um, blanking again, I put a spell on you. Jay Hawkins. Screaming Jay Hawkins. Screaming Jay Hawkins, right? You know, probably where the first person to bring spook to stage, not a white man. And I've seen a few, especially in the last couple of days, uh, people who say, uh, and these are not my words, but people are saying uh, blacks can't be goth, the clothing doesn't look right on them, look at them, they're just monkeys in all black. And I was appalled that somebody who identifies with goth has that opinion because Jesus fucking Christ, you know, this is a scene where I came in as an outsider and, and, you know felt finally like I was home somewhere and and I can only imagine what that feels like in a predominantly white scene as a person of color. I can't relate to that because I'm not a person of color, but fucking hell, that's it's just so damaging. Because no you're right. This is this has been a culture of of misfits, and it, it's been an inclusive culture where it's like, hey, you can hang with us. We all like the same music. We like a certain aesthetic. Then yeah, it's all good. Let's let's hang together and and have some fun. It this attitude doesn't belong here. Correct. Correct. We are, you know, we're the underdogs of the underdogs. And, and as DJs. Our goal is to create a safe space, to create that safe haven to escape, to be able to come to a night and enjoy some music, socialize, have some drinks and enjoy your your group of people. Enjoy this this circle. So it's really appalling when there's racist comments or 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 just any sort of bigoted comments coming in. It doesn't belong here which is why there is a list that we want to talk about tonight. And uh, and here we go. 
Well, yeah, leading in with the the bigotry, I'm I'm gonna go right after the the first one that comes to mind, which is Combi Christ. Combi Christ. There is. Just in the lyrics alone, you know, Andy could go on and say, oh, it's a character. Oh, it's a character. That's a cop-out. That is literally white artist cop-out number one in the playbook. It's a character. I do it on stage. Yeah. um, The misogyny is in the lyrics. The whole, some of the lyrics are probably dog whistly. I don't remember. It's been a very long time before I, 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 uh, have gone into it, but there is a Facebook post out there. It is has to do with Combi Christ. It's called Let's Talk About Feelings. And it is written from the viewpoint of somebody back in New York. I believe it's a DJ. I, I don't know him personally. I found it because it's a public note. You can actually search this up. It's called Let's Talk About Feelings. And it shows how um, this person is saying... This is a picture that was posted to Andy Laplagulis. I'm saying his name wrong. I don't care. Fuck that guy. Uh, <laughs> um, personal, I think it was a Facebook or an Instagram. And he was like, this is my brother. I would do anything for him. I would die for him. And the dude is known to be a known white nationalist group organizer. I don't care if it's character anymore. For me, that's the cutoff. Um, like you could tell me it's a character and you could get up there and I'm like, you know, the misogyny thing is, is problematic in its own, but there are enough women that listen to him. It's, I don't know if they're buying it or if they're just have that like, um, suppressed, repressed, uh, internalized misogynistic viewpoint. Um, but once you're hanging out and calling white nationalists, your brother, Say you would do anything for him. And out of all the states in the union to move to when you come in from Norway, not always the best thing in um, race relations, you move to Georgia. There's a lot of red flags, including the uh, the photo uh, proto-fascist imagery in the a lot of the promo pics for the first album, including a video that was wholesale canned because it was too borderline including pictures of him sitting around with like half naked Asian girls around him in shirts with rebel flags on them. It's just, it's disgusting. Yeah. It's like, why do we want to support this? I mean, it's one thing if you're making a statement about it where you're against something, but to just blatantly go there and it's not like, oh, I'm making a cute, clever statement about this. It's just a and and trying to cop out and say, oh, well, it's just a character. It's it's like a fake apology. It's this fake apology, like, oops, you caught me saying something racist, but I didn't really mean it because it's a character. That's bullshit. I don't know if he's actually said anything racist outwardly. The misogyny is right there. If you look at uh, even in the track name, shut up and swallow. I mean, come on. Yeah. Yeah. You know, no, it's. I agree. And and I, I will say, I was a person who, in my younger days, when uh, Combi Christ was new, I was like, this is exciting and people are into it. And I played it. But as time went on, I've, I've stopped. And once I saw that, now I'm going to let people go out there and make their own decisions for themselves. And I highly suggest you look up this post on Facebook. It's a note called Let's Talk About Feelings. It has a picture of a white dude with a beard like... Like, urgh, like he looks angry. I don't know. I'm pretty sure he's got a patch with the, the fucking rebel flag on it. If that doesn't tip you off. Um, I read that. Now I decided not only am I never playing Combi Christ again, but I deleted everything from my library in that folder. Yeah. Yeah. It's not something you want to listen to. Well, that and anytime I see a Confederate flag, it just, I go from zero to a hundred rage because that's not cute. It's not, well, this is our heritage. It's like, this is not heritage. This is hatred. This was treason against the U.S. and they lost. So you want to celebrate your bunch of fucking losers? Fuck off. Which, which for me is is, I grew up in the eighties. I was a kid. It was on TV. I watched the Dukes of Hazards every day. They drove cars and and made. The big fat dumb guy looks stupid and it was called the General Lee and had the rebel flag on top. And I just thought it looked cool. And my families were like, yeah, it's an alternate flag. 
Yeah. Well, yeah, I left that space said- for a reason. And I could see you blinking at me through the video. But like, you know, it's I've done my own research and so the Dukes of Hazards, that's part of how I grew up, but that doesn't mean I'm going to sit around here and watch it every day. I, I you know, I, it's a thing. You, you have to hit that point where you learn and you move on. And Absolutely. And that's where I came to with this particular musical act. Like, I've seen them live several times, more than once, more than I care to admit. But nowadays, whenever they come through, I'm like, hey, people, this is where you're putting your money. Uh, yeah. And that's just it. You're voting with your dollars. If this is what you choose to support, then uh, yeah, I don't really want to talk to you about it because this is this is not a good thing to be supporting, right? And I mean, you're talking about being a kid growing up in the '80s and seeing the Dukes of Hazard on regular television, and it's funny because this makes me think of how, uh, how we talked about just a few minutes back how we're talking about the pioneers of punk rock and they wore swastikas for for shock value some of them yeah it's it's not something you would do today no not at all absolutely not but in the 70s it's like well does that get a pass you know we saw suzy sue with a swastika armband and we saw sid vicious wearing a swastika and it was done for shock value at that point but again it doesn't make it right that's like Slayer using the Totenkopf back in the day because metal was all edgy. Um, the death. Well, head. death in June. Death in June. So let's get into death in June. Death in June kind of tries to make excuses like, "Oh, well, it's not really this," but they the, the fetishization of uh, Nazi imagery is not acceptable. Correct. And. I mean, and I've I've seen Death in June once. Uh, they played in New York. God, it must have been in the late 90s at the Angel or Sands Foundation, which is a synagogue that's over 100 years old. Okay. And I have enjoyed their music. I do have their albums. It's not something I would play out now. And our friend Kate, uh, DJ Hate Mior, has been to one of their shows more recently here in Toronto and said it was filled with a bunch of Proud Boys. I believe it. That's not a show I want to I want to be at. I'm not super well versed in Death in June because the name itself impl- has has connotations back to the death death camps in Germany, in Nazi Germany, and I'm just and I picked up on that early because, as I said, I got into the scene a bit later in life. Later in you. Uh, and and I've never been great at, the, at the, the back catalog. And by the time I got to the back catalog, I was like, oh, that that's a dog whistle. And the name itself kind of is. And uh, it has to do with, um, I think that's a, I th- well, it was June when they found the death camps. So I'm pretty sure that's where the name comes from. Or has something to do with that. It's definitely an allusion to it. Either way. So right there, having never heard an album, I'm just going to assume that there's lyrics in there that you don't even realize are are dog whistles. Well, that and there's a lot of neo-folk that can be uh, looked at as, oh, this has got some Nazi imagery or related lyrical content in some of the songs. Yeah. And I mean, again, it's it's one thing I can understand the 70s where things were being done for shock value versus things that are purposely being done. And it's kind of like, oh, you know, we're just going to slide this in uh, because there's a German band known as Gotes Erben, which was really unhappy with Death in June because they're like, as Germans, we take this stuff very seriously. So having these British musicians who are just like flirting with all this Nazi imagery, it's not right. It's absolutely not right. Right. And I think that was the beginning of the call out on Death in June. And and just to just to <clears throat> branch off into another band that wasn't on the list, and it just reminded me of it for barring a lot of similar imagery, is Nachtmare. Nachtmare, uh, the uh, Tanz Dictator, or I, I, my German's terrible, but it's the Dance Dictator. And he actually has a video of him in a fucking uniform like army fatigues with a similar haircut and mustache but a black band with an n on it for nachtmare yeah it's a little close uh, yeah it's, it's a little too close and then he tried to you know say the whole uh well i have a 
uh, a military uniform fetish. It's like, mm, that's that's a little dog whistly to me. That's very dog whistly to me. That's almost like gym yeah. teacher whistle, uh, you know. Well, that in this day and age, it just it's it's not acceptable. The seventies, you were much closer to World War Two, and a bunch of UK punks wearing a swastika. Not that this is justification, but it's more of a fuck you to their Tory parents and fuck you to the man. Right, and you know, I think the the only swat. The only band that I think did a swastika right in that time was probably the Dead Kennedys, where they had the swastika with the red circle and the line through with Nazi punks fuck off. Like, because once some bands wore it as a shock value, other people were like, these are our people. And the Dead Kennedys were like, fuck you, die. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, You know, um, but yeah, Knockmare has uh, a lot of similar problems. Okay. A lot of misogyny problems like Combi Christ does. The only allegations towards racism I've heard has to do with stage presence and presentation. I know nothing of Thomas in his personal life that says he is. Maybe it is a uniform fetish. Don't care. Not playing his music. Too close. Fair. And this is what sparked the Canadian band Adversaries comment at the Kinetic Festival calling out Nachmer and Combat Christ for their misogyny, for their Nazi fetishist sort of imagery going on. Because, again, in this day and age, this is not acceptable. We can do better than this. Yeah. We should be doing better than this. Right. Um, it was Adversary and Antigen Shift. And my favorite part about yes. that... Besides having uh, DJed for both of those gentlemen, is that uh, and they are great dudes. Let me tell you, Nick and Jairus are great dudes. Uh, yeah, but they did that. They played that video, walked off stage, and when it was done, knocked Mara to come out and play. And then after that was Combi Christ. Like they just like blew up the night. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, you know, if you find out you're opening between b- before two bands like that, and you have that kind of feeling, that's what you do. You don't just walk out and light a match. You just fucking roll barrels of nuclear material on the stage and let it go. Because I think it's the right thing to do, too, to call it out. Yeah, and if anybody's interested in seeing the video they did, it's still on Vivo, and it's called We Demand Better. I highly recommend you watch it if you haven't seen it, because it will point out a lot of different things that you will just see in their videos that are problematic problematic as fuck like abusing women left right and center the the uniforms the rebel flags the whole nine yards on both bands just just go watch it yourself make your own informed decision about what you're listening to and where you're putting your money please yeah because again the industrial culture just like the hardcore punk culture it's so white masculine driven uh as a subculture that this kind of shit should not be happening But it is. And you just nailed it as far as like, hey, people, have a look at this. Make your own decisions on where you're spending your bucks or who you want to listen to, because if this is the kind of stuff you want to support, like, is that in line with your ethics? Is that in line with your morals? Because that's, again, no place for this in alternative culture. Goth industrial, like, no, this is not the right place for it. Not at all. Not at all. So I think it's time we uh, put forth one of the sacred cows of the scene. Oh, the sacred cow of the scene. Well, I I don't know if it's a sacred cow of the scene, but it was. It's, it's a it's a founding person in a way. A very seminal, influential musician, uh, and we're talking about Al Jorgensen and Ministry. Now, the issue with Ministry is the guitar player uh, Sin Kieran was uh, is a is a sexual predator and was accused of having various relationships I'm air quoting with uh underage girls and grooming Ugh. and grooming them so gross, and, gross, gross. and the biggest problem was when this was brought to Al's attention he was kind of like whatever and and okay <clears throat> and this is where we get into where's the line So that has been Al's answer to almost everything, including allegations against him on drug-laden rampages or weirdness. So now this is where we get into, like, okay, so what's the line? Now, I'm not trying to say uh, I'm defending Sin Quirin at all. I'm not. 
It's more of, I think Al at a certain point just kind of got used to people coming to him and saying terrible shit that happened in his band and him going, yeah. Because for a long time, and I'm betting with all the, the, the rampant stories we've heard, there are a million stories we've never heard. And at some point, Al's done something he probably shouldn't have. I mean, nobody's perfect, but to accidentally like, oh, whoops, I did this thing. Yeah, I'm not I'm not saying Al would with an underage person. I know most of the time he was married, but most of the time, yes. most of the time he was on tour. He was also fueled by heroin and other various narcotics. And this is well known and documented. So who knows what yeah. the fuck happened? And but we're not talking about Al. We're talking about him going, yeah, OK, because another terrible thing happened within his band and he's about to go on tour. And the guy is elderly now. <laughs> Like, this yeah. is his life. There's no retirement music. There's no 401k music. There, There is no, you know, I'm just going to do one more tour and then retire into the hills unless you're a massive band on earth. And, and Ministry's kind of becoming that lately off of their legacy. And this is where I get into this, the weeds with this because... Their legacy music is good, and their legacy music has a lot to do with why I am sitting here today talking to you. And that is a whole nother episode I know we're going to get into at some point. Um, but I will not go see them on tour while that person is a member of the band. Um, I, I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna pretend I've bought one of their albums uh, since uh, the last sucker because that came out and I heard really good things from Trusted Friends and it was decent. It wasn't what I loved about Ministry, but it was decent. Um, but I haven't bought an album since then. That came out in 2006 or seven. You know, but I'm not. Th I'm not going to throw money at them for the nostalgia. I'm not going to go out anymore. And you know, I'm not. Tracking down the records on vinyl, even if it's a repress, unless I can get it used. If I get it used and it has some meaning for me, then I'm paying somebody directly for something they own, not the band. Yeah, I think it's just it's important to take a stand that you've got a shitty member in your band to do something about it, to say something about it. I mean, Joe Lefsitz was drumming for Birthday Massacre. Birthday Massacre was like, yeah, no, 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 no. And then he got hired by Aesthetic Perfection. It's terrible because I actually rather like Aesthetic Perfection. I really like what Daniel does, and I know he creates music by himself. But every time I hear Apology from Joe Letts, it's almost immediately followed by these are the other shitty things he's done since that incident he just apologized for. Like, it's... Well, yeah, there's your, there's your fake apology. It's like, oops, you caught me doing something racist. Oops, you caught me wearing blackface. I'm sorry, I didn't mean... It's like, it's bullshit. It's not real. It's not an apology. It's a, you got caught. Yeah, it's the politician apology, right? Uh, it's the Bill Clinton. It's, he, he, right. he never apologized for, uh, you know, having sexual interactions with Monica Lewinsky. He just said he didn't. And then when he got caught, he said, I'm sorry you found out. Uh, <laughs> Precisely. So, I mean, Joe Letts is no better, honestly. A, a lot of things he's done is homophobic and or he made a lot of homophobic comments. And I... I I'm not sure if he made racist comments. I, I don't know. I wasn't there. Didn't he perform in blackface at one point? Combi Christ. Wasn't that it? Combi Christ as a whole would perform in a lot of black, black like uh, latex. Um, and I believe he had the better part of his face covered in one show or, or more. Um, so, yeah, let's call it blackface, even if it's liquid latex. It doesn't matter what the substance is if you're covering your face in black. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. It's it doesn't. Just, it's it's gross. It's gross. It is gross. And yeah, it becomes harder when it's a band that you really appreciate or really enjoy that you're like, well, where do I draw that line? Can the art be separated from the artist? It's something that definitely has to be taken on a case by case basis. But again, like, do you just throw out your albums or you throw out your your ministry on vinyl that you got? Well, you've already paid for it. So what do, what good does that do? So you have to kind of make that decision for yourself as far as like, well, do I continue supporting? No, clearly you would not, because if you saw a ministry was going on tour, you would not go to see them because fuck that guy. 
Actually, yeah. the last time I saw them, and it has a lot of reason to do it. They're playing arenas now. And the last time I saw them, I saw them at Toad's Place in Connecticut, which is like a 700-person room. You've played there. but it's In New built, Haven, I have played there. It's built sideways. So it's a 700-person room, but the stage really only could fit about 200 people in front of it. <laughs> That's right. So I saw them there, and why would I go to an arena show after that before knowing about this so to say i'm not going to go see ministry is it's also kind of a cop-out on my part and i own that i wasn't going to see them anyway i i'd rather have them my last memory being a small intimate show on an album i kind of liked than uh a large fucking stadium uh when al has his voice blown out like no tomorrow with a predator in the band yeah why would I do that to myself? Yeah, I hear you. Wow. Okay. So um, what's next? <laughs> so from here, we were talking about a sexual predator in the band, but also as far as being aware of who you're supporting uh, and, and how hard it is when you're dealing with a musician that you really like, who you have a bunch of albums, you've bought the vinyl, you've got the whatever... Um, cause the next couple of musicians that I want to talk about, I, I am a fan of, and I don't want to listen to and wouldn't play out because of their views on things. Um, the first one that I want to mention is Nina Hagen. Nina Hagen is a very talented, incredible singer with such range. Who has become yet- the JK Rowling of punk. Yes, it's such bullshit. It's so awful to spout these transphobic views and to say, well, this is all a mistake. And and to go on the anti-trans route is is terrible. They've literally said some of the same talking points because they are they are both supporting the same nonprofit anti-trans group. J.K. Rowling and Nina Hagen are on the same page. So you if you don't want to support Harry Potter anymore and you can't support Nina Hagen. Or for that matter, another turf is Alison Moyet of Yaz. Best known for her work with Yaz. Really? Has made tra- transphobic statements as well, which is, again, it's it's shitty. I wasn't aware of that one, so I've learned something here too. I hope other people have as well. Yeah. So again, these are, these are making mental note of musicians I don't want to play out. Because, again, I'm not going to highlight and bring attention to these artists when I really can't support them in good faith. And if you're a TERF, if your feminism is not intersectional and not inclusive, then how can you really call yourself feminist? Because if one of us is oppressed, then all of us are oppressed. Period. I, I, I agree with you. I just, on this topic, as a dude, I feel like it's not my place to go on a whole spiel you said it let let it ride yeah well and, and again this the i these are the statements i stand by that feminism needs to be intersectional and that trans women are women yeah i agree and to say and to and trans men and are to men say otherwise trans men are absolutely. men absolutely absolutely and i would support uh my trans brothers i have friends who are trans men and i they don't live close by, but I, I do what I can from a distance. It's not much. I, I acknowledge that. But, you know, I was there when they were coming to terms with transitioning, and I tried to help them then as much as I could or as much as they would let me. I, I, they, they, yeah. There's a certain amount you can only do, right? Well, to be a good friend, you got to be able to take a step back and to listen to people and be able to support them however they may need. Yeah. <clears throat> Are you looking for the solution or are you looking for support? That's that's the question. A solution. And, and again, if we're talking about voting with your dollars, if you want to be able to support these sorts of causes, to throw your money at those types of things and not at shitty artists. If you can. If you can't support a cause directly, for whatever reason, I'm not, I'm not here to question anybody's personal wallet, but if you've got five bucks to spend and you want to throw it at an artist, maybe not throw it at uh, some of the people we mentioned. Maybe throw it at something new, something different. You know, there's plenty of queer 
artists out there. There's plenty of artists that are people of color that you could throw your money at that are doing things that you, you're probably going to love. Uh, find them. Bandcamp is amazing for this. Yeah, and the fact that... Uh, uh, well, the fact that Bandcamp has been so supportive of musicians and then on the 19th donating the fees that they collect from the sales that they make and donating to the NAACP is is wonderful. I think again it's about putting putting your 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 money where your mouth is and supporting a cause. Yeah. I think I, this is why I will I will happily talk about Bandcamp and say yeah they're doing good things. They're giving a lot of money to artists and the fact that they've been waiving fees to get artists through these times where people can't get out and go perform uh, and being able to donate to these causes that are really important right now. It's one of the reasons why we chose First Fridays for Prophecy online so that when somebody hears something, when, some, when you hear what you like on Prophecy, please go buy it because we're on East Coast time and the Bandcamp sales run to, for, to the artists go on Pacific time. So when we hit midnight, you still got three hours. Like, we go to 4 a.m. now, but that means just what you hear in the last hour won't 100% benefit the artist. There will still be a benefit. It just won't be 100%. But for the NAACP thing, like, I bought half of my wish list that day because I, I stockpiled and... Finances didn't work out for the first Friday, so I had a bunch of it. And I'm like, okay, I'll save it till July. And then they're like, we're doing this thing for the NAACP. And I was like, yep, gimme. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a great it, it it's a great attitude and it's a great cause. And being able to give money there is really important right now. Because again, we were talking about uh, about various resources for queer artists as well giving money to projects like the Rainbow Railroad or the Trevor Project are really important. So fact, yeah, there's there's better things. And and yeah. again, this gets more into activist culture, which is not what we're talking about right now, but I think art is political and has a political component to it and is making a statement about something. And I think it's really strong to to stand up and and be able to say yes this is what i stand for and yes this is what i believe in and if those things are true that yes i believe that we should have safe spaces that are free of misogyny free of racism free of the bigotry if that's all true why would you give money to or buy the albums of some of these really shitty artists who are going in the opposite direction of where your morals and where your beliefs are now nobody's perfect and not a, not everybody's going to know everything about everybody, but it's really important to know where you're spending your money and who you're listening to and what you're supporting. At least do the research and make up your own mind. I mean, you might disagree with us. A hundred percent, you might disagree with us, but I feel like we are, are trying to present things in a fair light. Uh, and and even, even in the beginnings of punk, there are bands that were problematic and this is where I'm going to call out one of my sacred cows, the band that got me on the spooky path, The Misfits. Oh. <laughs> so The Misfits being mostly uh, Glenn Danzig, followed by Jerry Only, and then uh, Doyle, who I think is Jerry Only's younger brother who was on uh, a couple of seven inches. Jerry was around for a long time and Danzig is Danzig. So Danzig went on a whole rant on Infowars calling the Democrats in the States, the real fascists. Uh, Doyle went on a whole allegedly one. I haven't seen video of it, but he allegedly went on a whole racist rant on one of his own like small project bands. Then there's Michael Graves where he went on a rant so bad. Michael Graves, by the way, if you're not aware was the, when the, the, the new misfits or the new fits came around, he was their replacement for Danzig. And he went so hardcore right wing in a rant recently, his band walked off the stage. Now, the least sin out of all of them is probably Jerry Only, who only donated to Trump. He didn't go out and do anything egregious, but he put his money behind a candidate. Yeah. Now, if we're talking about lesser sins, 
I say that is the least of those four. But still. Still pretty bad. Uh, still pretty bad. He he supported Trump. Now, now here's the thing. I, I'm willing to say, okay, yeah, he, he, he makes money. His whole thing is licensing. And that is probably paying his bills. The last thing he wants as a small business is to get super taxed. Yeah, and every every mall kid who who if they're not wearing that Joy Division unknown pleasure shirt has a Misfits Crimson Skull shirt. I have a Misfits Crimson Skull shirt. I have a Misfits uh, Crimson Skull basketball jersey, and uh, a couple other Misfits things. I am I have Misfits records, not originals. Duh, but <laughs> I'm not that cool. <laughs> if I, I mean, you know, if I could find one, if I found one in a used record shop, I'd be like, how much? Because I have the, I had the box set when I was a kid, and I still have the note somewhere that tells me, hey, this is how many times we printed this, uh, this seven inch, and the first time it was this color, and the second time it was that color, and da 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 da. So I could actually tell you what printing it is, and I'm like, okay, cool. If I found it used, I might spend the money just because I'm that kind of collector. But at the same time, I, I plausible doubt, right? Or whatever, benefit of the doubt. I feel like Jerry would have thrown his money behind any Republican candidate. And I say that as somebody who ran into Jerry only on his 21st, uh, three days after my 21st birthday, had a concert and I drank a beer with him and we had a good talk. I don't know. And then he signed some shit for me um, at Roseland. Because Jerry only was always at Roseland. <laughs> hey, listeners, just interrupting here because you're going to notice that we had a technical issue on Jay's microphone, but we thought the content of this episode was still pretty important and we didn't want to delay it. We apologize for the drop in quality and really appreciate you listening. You know, as somebody who makes his money through licensing and, and all that things, I'm willing to give him the benefit of doubt, like, this is a Republican, I'll throw my money behind them. I, and I'm not going to damn people for being a Republican. I have many friends who who were lifelong Republicans until the last two years. But the racist rants and all that from Michael Graves and Doyle and the whole, the Democrats of the real fascists, I mean, that is just, what the, the fuck? The Democrats of, well, again, it's, it's fucked up because... Declaring the Democrats are the real fascists is ridiculous. I mean, we're at a point in time where in America you've got the Republicans and then you've got the Democrats who are like Republicans light because the Democrats need to really fucking step it up because, I mean, I see Nancy Pelosi's face and then, well, I'm a progressive, which is a load of shit because the Democrats are defining themselves as like, well, at least we're not the Republicans. And then you've got actual progressives, which is why I'm really happy that AOC recently was reelected and that Jamal Brown won a seat in Queens as well. So things are happening. Change is happening. It's just it's coming slow. Change is happening. It will always come slow in a national scale, especially when your nation's as big as um, our homeland. Well, we're, we're tangenting here because while goth is political, while art is political, that's not what this episode is about. So let's bring it on back. Uh, talking about problematic artists, we've covered a, a fair amount so far, but one of the artists, as I was researching this particular topic for this episode, I came across a website called Bella Verita and learned about why Andy Dean of The Rain Within and Bella Morte makes this list. Which to me was the most surprising and in, in a lot of ways, like the most difficult to grasp with. So, uh, in, uh, for my, many of these artists, I've known this for a time, and I've been able to deal with where I'm at with those artists on a singular basis. But as somebody who was trying to play the ring within every event we did for Prophecy, um, because I really liked it, I liked it better, better than Bella Morte, I really thought there was artistic value there, and, and I'm not trying to take away from what Andy creates, but however, I can't ignore what Andy destroys in his path to creation. And therefore, 
reading, just doing a basic search for Andy Dean allegations took me to a Reddit, and the Reddit had, I don't even know how many replies, and then that Reddit linked to this website, and I just had to be like, I'm done. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty outrageous when over 50, 5-0 women come forward to talk about these various allegations against Andy Dean, anywhere from the possession of naked photos of underage women to financial, ongoing financial and emotional abuse. He's a sexual predator lying to partners about his health status as far as putting people at risk for various STIs. Like this is not somebody you want around within this particular scene. And it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. Like it's unfortunate every time somebody in our scene gives into their baser instincts and falls into these patterns. Like, hi, I'm famous. Famous. I should get laid. Like that is a base instinct. And we need to move past that as a species capable of reason. We are not cats and dogs, for fuck's sake. Um, oh, it's absolutely horrifying and disgusting. Somebody using their position of power to be able to take advantage of women. and Or, or anyone. It, it doesn't have to be women. This, it true, could be anyone. True, true. For the record. Taking, taking advantage of people. True. In any regard. It's, uh, I mean, it's just, it's really disgusting and seeing that so many women were coming forward with these stories uh, to, again, to confirm that this was happening and that he was a repeat offender and can clearly be labeled as a predator. I mean, because people come forward for all sorts of different reasons. But again, I think it's really important just to let people know and to be aware that, hey, this is someone to keep an eye on, that you don't want to be around this person or you don't want to book this person because bad things are going to happen. And and not only that, because again, we are not trying to be arbiters of truth here. Uh, these are allegations. However, when you have... 50, five, zero allegations, it's at least one of them's yeah. got to be true. Like, that's just that's just statistics. One of them's true. Minimum. Like, I, I tend to side on the, you know, believe victims side. However, I'm, I'm also trying to, you know, if, if you play the math game, what's true versus what's not, it when you have that many allegations, even if a handful are true, that's too, that's a handful too many. It's, it, it's, it's sad because again, this is a, I was never into Bella Morte. Never. Like they had a couple of songs I thought were okay. Not my thing. Um, generally where we are sonically, that falls more in your category. And I don't know how you felt about the band. It doesn't matter. Um, I know I played a lot of rain within because he was trying to get his solo synthwave thing off the ground. And I found other artists that it worked well into. And as of researching this episode, I don't think I'm ever going to play it again. And that's my personal choice based upon what I read, because I did research. And I really suggest that anybody listening to this does their own, makes up their own mind. I'm not trying to sway people. I don't think either of us are. But... Again, this is what we found in a basic Google search. I I think it's just important to be informed. And in doing some reading for this episode, it, it really triggered me. And this is where I kind of had this epiphany of truly understanding what being triggered is really about. Because I know people throw around that phrase to mean lots of different things. And it's very fluffy in that way. But, uh, Reading into this and thinking on like, okay, well, all these women are coming forward because this is a, this is a predator. It brought up a memory that I've suppressed for a very long time because I was sexually assaulted by a DJ in New York and it happened twice. And it's, it's fucking humiliating because 
in experiencing this, I'm like, well, you know, I consider myself to be a, a pretty tough cookie and I'm a badass and I'm a strong woman and blah, 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 blah. And that's how I see myself. So how the fuck could I let this happen? And I just froze. I just fucking froze. And I mean, okay, and I'll, I'll put a disclaimer here in that sexual assault can mean a lot of things um, because sometimes people soften language as George Carlin might say, the softening of language. Uh, and sometimes people say sexual assault when they mean that they were raped. I was not raped, just FYI, but I was sexually assaulted. And it was at a very well-known legendary club at the time. I, I it, it was over 20 years ago. I was like 23 or 24 years old. And this happened in Mother by a well-known New York DJ. And while he is no longer in New York... He's over on the West Coast in the Bay Area. He's still involved in the music industry and he's been managing bands. And I just talk about this now because I don't want to see that happen to somebody else. I don't want to see somebody else get attacked because it's such a fucking humiliating experience to think of like, well, what the fuck did I do to bring this on? Which uh, it wasn't what I did to bring this on. This was just someone being a fucking predator. And I'm angry about it. And it's it's really funny to think that, wow, I suppressed this memory. I pushed this aside thinking, no, this didn't really happen until I started thinking about this particular episode and this topic going, oh, fuck, man, that totally happened. And that's all I have to say, because, I mean, <clears throat> it's not my place to weigh in. Like, I, I've had my own experiences. I, I travel in... um as you know, uh, gaming and quote-unquote nerd circles, uh, as well as our thing, and pretty heavily. I, I mean, I'm actively, again, writing for creative content for a live-action game and all that. And I was once at a game um, that was being run by a, a female director, and um, a, lot of, a lot of guys in the gaming community are, it's, it's almost opposite. Like, the guys are almost submissive because nerd dudes don't get a lot of girls, let's be honest. Especially when they're younger. Um, but I've had women who were, quote-unquote, um, finding their claws at a late age, which is uh, uh, not a, my term. That was a term given to me by a friend of mine who was like, you know, women at a certain age are finding their claws. They want to know where they could pick and what they could pull and all that. And um, she touched me in a way that I was uncomfortable with and I was wearing a kilt and her hand went down my chest and into my kilt. Now I backed away before there was any inappropriate touching, but I didn't say anything because I was like, okay, that's weird, but I'm a guy. That's not a thing that happens to us. And uh, six months later, I have a friend of mine who was like, I don't know how to say that she raped me. And I was like, fuck. Like, I own that. I'm the quote-unquote missing stare, if you're familiar with that terminology, because I didn't say something sooner. Um, I didn't, you know, get her abolished from that community or, or that situation. And a friend of mine was far more seriously. Yeah. So these are things that happen. So to that effect, I will say, if you are in the Bay Area... And um, you know somebody who's originally from New York and has talked about Mother and has done questionable things, reach out to Laura, um, reach out to uh, other women in the area that all of a sudden just disappeared one night, stopped coming out. Because you're going to find kinship and you're going to find solidarity. And that is how we defeat this. We defeat this together can't beat this alone because when they get us alone that's what they it's important to share this information just to protect each other and as djs who are creating events and fostering community we want to be able to have a safe haven because at the end of the night all we really want to do is be able to you know throw on your fucking party dress come out dancing have a drink listen to some good tunes and just have a good time in general without having get in the cab and go home safe. Yeah. 
or whatever you want to get in a cab and go home with. Well, and and I mean, that's just it. Like, you just want to be able to have a good time and not have to worry about, like, somebody's going to spike your drink, somebody's going to do something sketchy, or or that something terrible is going to break out at the club. Like, it's important to be talking about this so that people keep eyes open and that we keep each other safe. Exactly. Because it isn't a comfortable conversation to have, but it's important to share that information. And I mean, it it is difficult to be able to publicly come out and say something because again, it's not like, well, blah, 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 did this, they're canceled. Like it, it's, it's got more gravity to it than that. It, it's important that just people are in the know of like, Hey, keep an eye on that. Because usually when you feel something in your gut, your, your spidey sense detects something about someone, you're probably going to be right that. Yeah. Something's not right here. I need to step, step back and, and, kind of mind this person and to what you touched on with cancel culture i'm i'm of two minds i know that cancel culture means well but i also know that it's kind of the the quick way out it's it's the i don't want to do anything what did this person do wrong let me change the channel way out it's it's easy it's too easy you have to make up your own mind everybody that listens to this has to make up their own mind about every artist we we talked about tonight and you may disagree with us. That's cool. You may agree with us. Also cool. Um, you know, I'm not trying to throw anybody under the bus. I'm not trying to ruin anybody's livelihood. It is. These are things that should be known. They should be known on a wider scale. And when it comes to certain acts, like uh, specifically combi cars and ministry, I feel like they have a certain amount of clout that they can push this under a rug. And God damn it, when you step on that rug, I want you to feel the Lego underneath it. There needs to be something there that tells you to keep looking. This is not what it looks like. Or maybe it is to you. What are you you here for? What do you want to support? Please do your own research. We are not the end-all, be-all. This is not an end-all, be-all list because we do not have enough time to get into every band we found out. Yeah, and again, it's it's difficult to know every little detail about every single person or to at least verify, oh, this person is someone to watch out for because of X, Y, Z reasons. But, uh, but it's important to be informed. I think that's the bottom line. I mean, me bringing up my experience, it's not because I'm looking to do it to get attention or for any financial gain or anything like that. It's more of just, hey, this happened to me with this person. You might want to keep an eye out because I don't want that to happen to you. Or reach out if it did for Because chances are if somebody does it once, they're doing it to more than one person because they're in a position where they have access to people that they can take advantage of. I mean, being in in the music industry, being in a nightclub where there's drinking and possibly other things going on, this type of thing can happen. It's just about keeping eyes open and knowing, okay, you know, this person's predatory. You need to stay away from them. Or if they're predatory and they're the DJ of the night, why do you want to support them? Welcome to the reason why I don't go out into the crowd much. Um, I don't want to make anybody feel uncomfortable. And I'm not always the most suave dude. I tend to be socially awkward very often. Um, You know, so I'd rather just hang behind my gear and let people have a good time. And if somebody comes to Justin and says, this person's causing a problem, I will happily put them in a chicken wing and into the middle of the street. It's pretty simple. I mean, any anybody who's actually come to a live prophecy party has probably given money to Justin at some point because he does door for us and he's keeping eyes open. We're all kind of looking out for each other. And, and that's really what it comes down to. Which is one of the things I love about our crowd because our crowd is kind of... People recognize that when you come to Prophecy, that we value the uh, parts of the sum. We value the whole of our community over an individual. Yeah. If somebody shows up and is toxic, we're going to toss them out. Um, Justin is literally, and, and, and I love this about him, 
he is he is inured enough to people trying to pull one over that literally girls have shown up and like like fucking fishnet tops and and electrical tape and they're like hi i'm here because my friend's here and he's like that's great uh and then she tried to walk past him and he's like no you gotta pay five bucks Jeez, yeah like they just show up and like here are my tits he's like that's great five dollars he doesn't care he doesn't care fuck you pay me it's in goodfellas well (laughs) he's the best doorman for that (laughs) we haven't had a live event in many months and while we're streaming online, we miss everyone. And again, we're just happy to be out there and, and within reach for folks to come in and have a dance and be able to have a conversation over a thread on Twitch and listen to some tunes and that sort of thing. So it's a tough time right now. And there are also a lot of uncomfortable conversations going on. And this is, this is where we're at right now. So I know this was a really heavy episode, but we had been talking about this and thought it was really important to get into it. And we're really grateful that you uh, stuck around and listened to the episode. So we want to go out on a high note. And for you guys who have stuck with us this far, um, we're going to go with a cover I found a few days after our cover episode, maybe the day after, actually. From uh, DSTR or Destroyed, which is a Daniel Meyer project. And they're doing a cover of Lucretia, My Reflection, which is so spot on. I love it because I've heard the original so much. I, If I never heard it again, I'd die happy. <laughs> again, thank you to our producer, Justin Minister, to Robin Bright for our intro music, and to Marion Green, who's designed our artwork and our logo. You can buy that stuff on a sticker. We've got our stickers available at morbidoutlook.com slash sticker. And uh, yeah, let's listen to that cover. And again, thank you so much for listening. Please like, subscribe, and share. And until next time.
This podcast was almost called... Why would you bring this to me on the day of my daughter's wedding?